Good evening to you all and thank you for joining me for the Salvation Meeting here on Fortress Radio. Let me begin tonight by thanking you for the wonderful reception you gave to my St David's Day special last weekend. I think we managed to gain quite a few new listeners and so if one of those is you and you've joined again this week, a very special extra welcome to you. We're going to have a real Salvation Army tonight, with bands, songsters, soloists, singing company and more, and compositions by some of our all-time great writers, including Gulledge, William Pearson, John Larson, Len Ballantyne, Chris Mallett and Ballington Booth to top it all off. All the songs we'll be sharing together in this time of worship will be familiar to you, I'm sure although one or two of the tunes we'll be using might be a little less familiar. Let's start this time of worship together then with song number 903, God is Keeping His Soldiers Fighting, that great old favourite. I have very happy memories of singing this in a packed Fernham Hall in Fareham under the leadership of General John Gowans. He was one of my favourite men ever. And in the chorus, as we sang, No, we won't, his voice boomed over the public address system, Mind you don't! A warning that has stayed with me for nearly 30 years. So let's welcome the Norfolk Fellowship Brass to accompany us as we sing this great song together. God is keeping his soldiers fighting. <laughs> Thank you. 
divisional congress in Fairham that I mentioned before we sang that song together had a great effect, not just on me, but on my two older sons, who were very small boys at the time. The next evening, as they shared their bath time together, they were both pretending to be the general, and they repeated not just his mind you don't message, but also the phrase that had been the snapshot of his sermon that day. Those famous lines from, I think it's South Pacific, you've got to have a dream. If you don't have a dream, how are you going to have a dream come true? I guess part of John's amazing ministry was the way that that message got through to two little four- and five-year-old boys. Can you remember sermons that you were there for when you were that age? But I ask you tonight, what's your dream? I guess for many of us right now, we'd be dreaming of peace in this war-torn world. Or that the present hostilities don't continue to escalate. We've just come to the end of two of the most difficult years in our lives as we've struggled to cope with and come to terms with a global pandemic. How do we end up once again standing on the very precipice of a major world conflict? Well, the reason is, as Jesus himself so clearly told us, Satan is the prince of this world. Evil will reign, because that's the way Satan wants it, and men in their presumed wisdom, have cast aside the God who made them, the God who is the only hope for the peace they say they are in such earnest to achieve. What a responsibility we have, those of us who, as Christians, know the answer to all the world's problems. Jesus. As we pray tonight, let's turn to song number 894. This song, as much as any other, reminds us that nothing is too much for God's grace to be able to overcome. We sing, the cross that he gave may be heavy, but it ne'er outweighs his grace. The storm that I feared may surround me, but it ne'er excludes his face. And then we have those wonderful words of affirmation in the chorus as we respond, I am satisfied to know that with Jesus here below, I can conquer every foe. Let's sing the first and second verses of that song together before we pray now.
And Lord, as we bow before you humbly this evening, we do indeed ask for peace in our world. We ask for the arrogance, the aggression of nations to cease. For President Putin perhaps to have a complete change of heart. As someone prayed in my presence the other day, and I echo tonight, that he may even have a Damascus Road event in his own life. That he may meet you, Lord, and turn from his evil, vile ways and the actions in which he's perpetrating on a free neighbour country. Lord, we pray that you will be with us in all that we do for you as we attempt to take your gospel, the message of salvation and the message of your love for your children to everyone who we meet. We pray for our Salvation Army, that you will bless it, that we can halt the decline in Western countries, turn the corner and begin to grow again. But we know that we will only grow with you and so we ask for that grace. That grace which is so much stronger than the crosses we have to bear. That we may be uplifted. That we may be strengthened. That we may be encouraged. And most of all, that we may be blessed in our endeavours to win this evil world for you. Hear our prayers, Lord and have mercy on us in these days of turmoil. Amen. Now I'm so often indebted to my great friend Colonel Norman Bearcroft for giving me just the right arrangement of just the right song. I received just this week from his widow Cathy a beautiful arrangement of Norman's in response to the St David's Day meeting. But what a treasury we have for lovers of Salvation Army songs in all the recordings that he made with the international staff songsters over so many years. Next up is song number 908. And yes, we'll be singing along with that songster brigade, the one that Norman started in 1980 and has simply gone from strength to strength ever since. The international staff songsters. Here then is... At the cross. Cross and cross, where I 
my song from the singing company this evening is one of those newer settings I mentioned at the start of the meeting. Jesus Bids Us Shine has been a favourite song of children for over 150 years. That line, you in your small corner and I in mine, is perhaps one of the most identifiable single lines in all hymns. Well, the Welsh Salvationist Chris Mallett, who worked for many years for the Salvation Army in the United States of America, brought many great old songs back to life, including this one. And we're going to hear it now, sung by the Chelmsford Singing Company. Our Bible reading this evening is taken from 1 Samuel, chapter 7, verses 2 to 13. Then all the people of Israel turned back to the Lord. So Samuel said to all the Israelites, If you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the Ashtoreths, and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away their Baals and Ashtoreths and served the Lord only. Then Samuel said, Assemble all Israel at Mizpah, and I will intercede with the Lord for you. When they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. On that day they fasted, and there they confessed, We have sinned against the Lord. Now Samuel was serving as leader of Israel at Mizpah. When the Philistines heard that Israel had assembled at Mizpah, the rulers of the Philistines came up to attack them. When the Israelites heard of it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. They said to Samuel, Do not stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, that he may rescue us from the hand of the Philistines. Then Samuel took a suckling lamb and sacrificed it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf, and the Lord answered him. While Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day the Lord thundered with loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were routed before the Israelites. The men of Israel rushed out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, 
Thus far the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they stopped invading Israel's territory. Throughout Samuel's lifetime, the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. Now, I'm sure you will remember that I love a good testimony period. In the early days of this Salvation Meeting on Fortress Radio, many people used to record their testimony and send it in to me to be used. That gave me a great reason to include some of the old army choruses that we seem to have largely forgotten in modern times. Well, sadly, that supply of testimonies eventually drew to a close, and despite many requests on my part to encourage more, that hasn't happened yet. So I thought, how can we get a few choruses in tonight? And then I realised, instead of a testimony period this evening, Kevin Ashman, with a little help from the International Staff Band, is going to play us his testimony in the solo Jubilate by Arthur Gulledge. This solo uses three choruses between the variations, and we can all sing along with them. So, in order, we'll have Sing on in sunny days, sing on through darkened ways, sing, sing, sing. Sing on, his name is love, sing on, he reigns above, sing, sing, sing. And then there's Joy in Following which is still number 898 in the current songbook, if you'd like to look it up. And finally, come along, come along to Beulah, there's a place for you. Here the milk and honey flow, here we see the golden glow of the glory land. Come along, come along to Beulah, keep a marching on. There are joy bells ringing, there are glad songs singing in the Beulah land. So here it is then, Jubilate.
enjoyed singing those old choruses again 
And so let's straight away go into another sing-along with the songsters now. When I was in Portsmouth, I put together a medley of some popular songster pieces, mostly from the 1970s, that had gone a little bit out of regular use for one of the CDs that the songsters recorded. To tie them all together, I improvised some little piano interludes between the songs. And in those interludes, you might find some snippets of other songster items from that same era. And even, dare I admit it, a few little secular snippets from the decade, if you can spot them. Here then, with We Are An Army, Jesus the name high over all, this is the moment, breathe on me and where I love to be. Our Portsmouth Citadel Songsters. <laughs> Yeah. 
something I've found over the last 10 years or so is how easy it is to get discouraged sometimes, particularly where our army is concerned. Most of us, or many of us anyway, were privileged to grow up in a quite decent-sized or even large corps, with a good band and songsters, a full census board of local officers, and, of course, a healthy, keen and vibrant young people's corps, including junior band and singing company, of course. But in many, if not most cases, we have watched all that decline over the past few generations. And sometimes we look around and wonder what happened. Where did it all go? I sat in a congregation recently and looked around at the people there. An overwhelming majority of them were over 70 or even 80 years of age. And I hardly dared think what might be in that place in another 10 years' time. Now, I have no doubts at all that God is still blessing the Salvation Army, that he still has a great deal to do with the Salvation Army. We see success maybe more so in other parts of the world. Oh, how my heart leaps when I see those lines of smart, white-uniformed African salvationists marching behind the flag, marching from one village to the next with the intention of launching a new corps in the next village. How wonderful! Then we see lines of 20 or 30 new soldiers and junior soldiers being enrolled there, and my heart says to the Lord, please... Can we just have a little bit of that? I posted on Facebook last weekend about the fact that we'd had our core prize giving last Sunday. Now, for most of my life as a Salvationist, we needed a whole day for the prize giving. We might give out 20 or so in the morning meeting, and the rest in an afternoon or an evening festival that was presented by the young people. We used to invite a special to lead the celebrations... I can recall a primary of maybe 15 or 20 young children putting on a special item and then receiving their prizes. What a great time we all had. Well, last Sunday at our core, five children received prizes. Our two, Emily and Bronwyn, and three others from another family. And none of those are junior soldiers. Yet... I used to disagree quite often when people said that our young people in the Salvation Army were the future of the army. In so many ways, they were the present of the army. And now we've lost so many of those over the years. No wonder there are gaps in our core. It's very easy to get discouraged when we see things like this happen. And it's very easy to imagine that perhaps our best days are behind us, that God is coming to the end of the work that he might have to do with us? What a tragedy that would be! In our own band practice last evening, we were asked to play a tune that's to be used at yet another funeral. Yes, yet another funeral. And that tune was called Ebenezer. I couldn't help but giggle a little as I remembered coming across the word so many times in my childhood and youth. Of course, I always thought straight away 
of Scrooge. Normally there were only two ways I ever encountered the word. There was the chorus, all through the years, where we end with the words singing Ebenezer as the years go by. And then there was the song with which, in a short while, we'll be concluding our meeting this evening. But, upon one of my parents' moves from core to core, I was with them one night looking around the hall of the core to which we'd just arrived, and there, written on its own, in gold lettering, on the side of the holiness table in front of the mercy seat, was that word, Ebenezer. I think that was the occasion when my mum explained to me what it meant. Do you know what it means? The word only appears three times in the whole Bible. In the first book of Samuel, which incidentally we've been studying recently in our Words of Life devotions, as many of you will have done too, I'm sure, we read about how the Ark of the Covenant was taken from the children of Israel by the Philistines. This happened while they were camped at a place called, yes, you guessed it, Ebenezer. The theft of the Ark of the Covenant caused at first much distress to the Israelites. But in time, they turned away from God and began worshipping idols and false gods. The Ark caused the Philistines much misery too, by the way, and they ended up returning it voluntarily a while later to try to eradicate the problems it had caused them. But I digress. After 20 years away from God, Samuel knew that he needed to do something about this awful decline. And in chapter 7, we read how Samuel spoke to the whole nation and told them to put away their idols and return to the Lord God, who would deliver them from the Philistines. What followed we would call today, I guess, a revival. The Israelites put away their idols and false gods and turned again to the God of their ancestors. And God, who always is true to his word, of course, delivered them from the enemy's hands. In 1 Samuel 7 verse 12, Samuel memorialised the victory by returning to Ebenezer once more and setting up a stone to mark God's goodness to them as a reminder, if you like, of God's faithfulness. And that stone was called Ebenezer, because thus far the Lord has helped us. They're not quite the words I remember my mum using to explain it to me. That was back in the days where whole chunks of the authorised version of the Bible used to be memorised in Sunday schools. So the original I also remember. Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. And so I learned the proper meaning of Ebenezer. Although I must admit I still think of Scrooge every time I hear it. But at least I now know the proper meaning. And what a great word that is to have right at the front of our Salvation Army halls. We can look back to those mighty corps with bands of 40 and songsters of 60, 200 or more in the congregations, and we can truly say, Ebenezer, how good the Lord has been to the Salvation Army. And yet, 
I can't help feeling that we're a little like those children of Israel in the time of Samuel. We cannot even try to deny that in most of what we call the Western world there has been a serious decline. It's not for me at all to discuss here the whys and wherefores, the reasons that this decline has taken place, but merely to acknowledge the tragedy of its happening and to try to look forward, with God's help, to better times ahead. And so, tonight, I raise, right here and now, a new Ebenezer stone. God has been good to us. God is still good in every way. God is still and always faithful. And we call on him now to help us once more. To help us build once again on what we have. And let's not be too despondent about this. The Salvation Army still is a major force for good in 2022. With God's help, we can still turn that corner. God's Salvation Army can once again grow and thrive in our land. And not just as a charity, for our social work is always valued and appreciated, but as a major evangelical Christian force, leading sinners back to God, helping to bring a new revival to our nation. Do you believe that can happen? Oh, my friends, I pray you do. Well, that revival must begin with me and with you. If not us, then who? You may feel that you do not have much to offer, but God can take any offering and increase it exponentially. But he can't do that unless we make that commitment in the first place. Like Samuel said, turn back to God and great things will still happen. Hallelujah.
My thanks to Johnny Searle of Boscombe Corps for singing that new setting of another great old Salvation Army song this evening. We may not have much to offer our Lord, but if all that we have is his, then how much can we achieve together? Thanks also to all those who've in some way contributed to our meeting tonight. And as I suggested earlier, our final song is song number 856, I'm a soldier bound for glory. Of course, verse 4 reads, Here I raise my Ebenezer. And please, join me in that rededication of ourselves and all that we have and are, as we sing together now with Gail Dixon, I love Jesus. Hallelujah. Good night, and God bless you all. Jesus, yes I do.
And now may thy grace, peace, and heaven's richest and choicest blessings be with us all and remain with us forever. Amen. Thank you.